everyone hello hi Ben. welcome to another episode of reckless attack yay i wanted two cheers to get the energy going (laughs) um so you know if (laughs) exactly and if you if you feel like there's another point as we're getting going that requires spontaneous cheers i definitely encourage both you around the table and anyone at home to join in and just start screaming aloud, uh, no matter where, whether you are driving, in the gym, or sitting here playing with us. Um, hey, but like this is this is a reckless attack, uh, a five E podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's give let's give the proper respect. We are reckless attack. We are a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition actual play podcast in some amount of orders. Nailed oh it. God, it, I'm pretty sure that's right. I yeah. think that's yeah, right. That is- the 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 what happened. Uh, was that literally as I finished it, your dog put his whole face in between my legs uh, <laughs> at that exact moment. And so I was worried that there was a, an upward inflection that the listeners would have otherwise yeah. uh, would have otherwise picked up on had I not addressed it. Um, Nathan, you've just been Arthur. Yeah, Arthur. thank you, Arthur. I appreciate I appreciate you your participation. Too cute and need all of the attention in the world. It's just excuse me. No one is looking at me. They're all looking at those dumb, not bone microphones, idiots. Um, but hey, I, I'm I'm Nathan. This has been the the most scattered, I think, intros <laughs> in the history of. I don't even attack. know if that's true. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's probably true. But yeah, on my I, end, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a long week today. Yes, yeah. <laughs> correct. It's been a long week this Monday. Yeah, yeah. correct. Exactly. Um, but I am excited once again to be joined by all of the lovely and powerful Reckless Attack players. Uh, we will start with some introductions, starting with. Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And today, in the deep, dark forest, Checkers is having an excellent time running around, just looking at all the weird bones and skeletons and like all the all the fun things that he wouldn't get to see inside the city walls of Agmar. So having a lovely time out here today. I'm going to go across the table over to. Oh, hello, everyone. My I temporarily forgot my name. <laughs> it's well, been a long week today. Yeah. Have I mentioned how long today's been? Um, my name is Steve and I am playing Sel of Esterlin, the dragonborn monk who is uh, at this time a little bit better after the short rest, but I believe I have used all of his hit dice to try to regain not all of his hit points. <laughs> oh, no. So we're, we're a, a little short. Uh, so I'm, however, all his key points are back, which I, if there is a fight coming up, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a lot of patient defense, patient defense, <laughs> yeah. patient defense. It worked so well the first time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And across the table from me. Hi, everybody. My name is Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. And who, boy, does she want to go to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Out here in the forest, right? Right. Never. (laughs) That's going to be a big negatory on that one, I think. And then across the table for me. 
Hi everyone, I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who's really channeling his teenage angst today. Just, <laughs> you don't understand me, Mom! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My Xbox! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what they do right now. Yeah, right. Teenagers. That's, that's they the definitely, thing. yeah. <laughs> there's Xboxes, okay, I think, cool. right? There's still Xboxes. I told Xboxes. you I spent the yeah, summer I'm, hunting wolverines with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really in touch with the with the, the teenagers. The youths. Yeah. The youths. Yeah, the millennials. Gen Z. We're millennials. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know how time works. Oh, everyone. no. <laughs> the us. Oh. Just, I'm, I'm going to throw this away before I, before I delve too deep. Nathan, <laughs> yeah, Nathan. smart. Ba- bail out, bail out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we find ourselves in a... I feel like pivotal moment in not just the adventure, not just in the podcast, but of I think your guys' journey as a adventuring guild group. Long story short, you guys are outside the walls of Agmar. You have an undead centurion who was once rapidly trying to rip you all apart in under some degree of control. What you know is that you hopefully defeated the creature that caused this to happen, the strange smoke creature that you faced down, and you know that there is one other member of the Bones, the undead guard of Agmar, somewhere out in the woods. And you know where they are, but it's in the wrong direction. There was a lot of discussion last episode around what the prudent and what the right courses of action were and whether they were the same or different. The vote was to head back to the safety of the Red City with the one untethered that you had managed to pacify and hopefully save. And there were some dissenting opinions. The the group was split in half. And specifically, Kaskrin... Well, Checkers also voted to keep out, <laughs> but for different, less dramatic reasons. But more fun reasons. But more fun reasons. David, what was Kaskrin's kind of like... His reasoning for wanting to stay out, for wanting to try and go after the other member of the Bones, or this potentially dangerous untethered undead creature so as Kaskrin has been listening to this discussion you know we've all been trying to decide whether we go or whether we try to find the bones and he has been tensing up until the moment when we decided no we need to go back to Agmar we need to make sure that we are safe and it will be a better choice for us to come back in the morning with reinforcements or with the daylight behind us. And Casper knows the bones, if he's untethered, is undergoing a lot. He, you know, is trapped in his own head if we leave him there. He knows that if he is not untethered, he may be lost. He may be unable to find his way back to Agmar due to distance. But either way... Kaskrin wants to find him because he is a fellow soldier. And so when he is talking to Valeska and Valeska says, I understand what you're going through. Kaskrin is thinking, how could you possibly understand? 
pain of having your comrades leave, of knowing that there is no hope, no no possible way to get home. And so Kaskrin, from the bottom of his heart, says, No, Valeska Carter, you do not understand what it means to be left. And he turns away. As Cass turns, Val grabs his arm to stop him. Val has had a incredibly emotionally tolling battle happen. Her core being has been pulled into question during this fight by a spirit or creature that saw something nobody else in her group, her guild, knows about. And that has terrified her and shaken something she thought would never move. That was a unfaltering beacon in her life. And that emotional toll is just coming out as one of her best friends says, you don't understand? That Deval is one of the worst things you could possibly say. Val has always sought knowledge, sought to understand, and has lived in a community that is always willing to explain. And I think people forget that she is 18. She's a kid. So her... It's like a slap in the face to her for Cass to say that. So as she... As Val grabs Cass's arm to stop him and she comes across this immovable stone force that is Cassegrin Brightmane. She stands directly in front of Cassegrin and looks him in the eyes and he sees her trying to put a tough face on but there are tears in her eyes. You're right, Cass. I don't. I don't understand. And I don't want to. I'm afraid. I love all of you. And I don't want to lose any one of you. That's why I want to head back. But if it's important enough to you, you better damn explain to me why. Why are our lives worth risking for the bones? I want to save him. I do. I was so scared when the fortunate could have been turned. I know we've met her twice. 
to serve this city so long. They deserve our help so much. If we go to the bones now, and they're untethered, we have to kill them. We don't have any more manacles. I've been inside their mind, Cass. It's pure torture. I want to save them. I want to... I want to bring them back to themselves. I don't want to... I don't want to lose them. And I don't want to lose them either, Valeska. But this may be our best chance to save this Bones. Whether we bring him back to Agmar or whether we end his service. You've been in his mind, but you... I don't know that you've ever felt what being truly lost is like. What being alone and left behind abandoned by your comrades what that what that feels like but I know when I first joined the guard when I first left the city on a patrol not unlike this one there were no maps the world had changed and there was no way to know that just beyond some bushes was a cliff, a fall into a ravine. And so I stepped past those bushes and I fell. And for three days and three nights, I was by myself with no hope. Until I heard a voice. One of my fellow soldiers came calling for me. He was just, he was a young boy and and he fought against his commanding officer, fought against every instinct to go back to safety, and he came for me. And ever since then, I know that I have to be that light that savior for anyone that I can be it's just I don't I don't know how to explain it Valesco there is no rational reason there is no logic that we must put ourselves in danger for others but it is something that that I would do it's something that I I would go through anything for others to not have to feel alone to feel left behind okay Cass Selv will kind of come up behind the two of you put one hand on Val's shoulder and one hand on Cass's shoulder the smart thing is to go back to Agmar the wise thing is to go back to Agmar. But the good thing is to go and see if that member of the Bones needs our help. 
would like to change how I voted previously and suggest that we go after him. At Selv's comment about changing his vote, Val gives a little smile and just nods, gives both Selv and Cass a look and a nod and turns around, ready to walk the other way. I underestimated you, Vlaska Carter. Thank you. No problem, Cass. But don't ever tell me I don't understand again. Well, it's about time y'all came to your senses. Come on, we're burning daylight. How did you end up 50 feet ahead of us? <laughs> I've been here the whole time while you guys were talking about your mumbo-jumbo nonsense. I mean, it's it's right over there. Come on, let's get going. Val again just shakes her head. <laughs> so, Checkers is far out ahead from everyone, <laughs> it sounds like. But Selv, Selv and Val, you both turn and start taking steps in the direction not of the Red City of Agmar, but of what Val knows to be the direction of whatever lies at the location of this Lost Bones member. And Cass, you pause for a second. And... Val and Selv particularly, and Checkers too, you're not so far away that you wouldn't see this. A huge flash of light explodes from behind you. Of gleaming golden light. All three of you would see that Kaskarin is glowing with this. It's not as bright as it was. Again, there's this like almost sun flash. And now is just bathed in a golden light that is emanating from his armor, from his rocky skin, from everything he's touching, even a little bit from the ground he's standing on. You can tell that this is a moment that is fading quickly. With every passing micro moment, the light fades just a little bit and it gets a little bit less grand and beautiful and overwhelming. And you all hear a voice deep and comforting say something in a language you do not understand that you don't even recognize as a language other than clearly it is saying something deep comforting tones just a few words and the glow subsides and Kaskrin you feel a little bit more powerful Kaskrin as he's feeling 
the light wash over him and he hears these words in a language that he doesn't understand. He feels within himself just the same heaviness of obligation, of duty that sort of represents his connection with the Eternal Citadel. And in that moment, as the light fades, he comes up to Valeska. You know, he just walks up and kind of like gingerly takes your hand in that that same way that sometimes you just want to be like touching someone, just holding someone's hand. And he doesn't really know what's happened to him, but in that moment when he takes your hand, Valeska, it's like some of the, the weight has been taken off a little bit. It's it's like maybe he doesn't have to do this all by himself. Val is standing there holding Cass's hand. Just like dumbstruck at this point. Like it's been <laughs> a lot a lot long, a lot ten a minutes. Lot. Today is today has been a long week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a long week for Val, for the guild. And she's so just reckless attack the podcast. Attack the podcast. <laughs> so she squeezes Cass's hand and feels his reassurance and feels a little bit better. But confused. <laughs> Are you interested, Sophie and or Val, to see if you know what just happened? Absolutely. I thought you might be. And again, not in a I'm not I try to avoid calling for too many roles, but I'm just, you know, throwing yeah, that out yeah. there. It's a very hard check. I'll you know, preface it. But it's not an unreachable. So check. Val being like a little both dumbstruck and awestruck sitting there takes a breath but then cocks her head like well what the fuck just happened <laughs> mm-hmm. and cast guidance seems reasonable uh, religion check okay is what I'm looking for that's a one on the side <laughs> uh, yeah so you like it is just too overwhelming like it is such an alien you know and again knowing that this is a world of magic and of strange occurrences and you're adventuring with the frog and the dragon <laughs> and a guy who's made out of rock there's a, just a lot of weirdness that is kind of inherent in your existence but this this particular thing was so like you said like awe inspiring so it, it just like almost like shut down your senses seeing it. It was so strange and almost comforting and beautiful that you're just, you're at a total loss of what that is. I guess that's a good sign. Well, we're not dead yet. Yeah, this isn't like the last time I saw a big flash where like I got slowed and had got run over by a boar. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we've all been slowed and have no rate of comparison. <laughs> Val but, looks for a bug. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a good thing, Salve. Hey, David. Yeah. Would you like to know what what things you have now? Ye- no. I wouldn't. No. Yes, I would like to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I guess I can just yeah. give it to okay. Checkers. <laughs> Checkers can have these Checkers things. starts to glow and feel the voice. Uh, well, it feels a little silly, but uh, first of all, uh, you both get uh, inspiration for being good at, at Dungeons & Dragons. It's a good good job. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that wasn't entirely... No, 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 I was, I was... Because of Mike discipline, you kind of only looked at Jonathan, right. and I was like... Well, but in well, between, okay. the both of you, <laughs> you two, yeah. um, David... Kaskarin has two new abilities. Ooh. Wow, what? <laughs> First, you have an ability called Beacon of Light, which is once per short rest, you can cast light as a second level spell. Sweet. The more exciting and dramatic one, Heroic Interposal. Once per day, you can immediately... Change places with an ally within 30 feet of you, provoking no opportunity attacks. This takes 15 feet of your movement. So say, if someone is bearing down on, we'll say Val, just because Val is the one least interested (laughs) in being (laughs) borne down upon, and she is within 30 feet of you, you can spend 15 feet of movement, and she is now standing where you are, and you are now standing where she was. The Eternal Citadel is allowing you to castle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Once per day, heroic interposal. Incredible. And just just one point of clarification. Mm -hmm. Casting light as a second level spell? Indeed. Interesting. Yeah, I thought you might find that interesting, Steve. (laughs) For reasons that that Steve knows, and that I'm sure you will all find out, but we'll address that as we go. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi, everyone. David here with The Midroll. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack, where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode.
So, with one of you feeling newly empowered and the rest of you feeling probably a lot of other things, <laughs> you guys turn your backs on the Red City of Agmar and begin walking. Now, Val, you used a spell slot to pinpoint the location of where the member of the bones is. And it's a very interesting sensation. It's a, it's an interesting combination of you don't know exactly where it is. Like you don't have predator vision and see like an outline <laughs> a mile away or anything like that. But you you just have this sense of you know the exact direction you need to go. Not necessarily where it is. Anything is just I need to go this way. Mm-hmm. Period. Or I need to take these steps forward to get to where I need to go. And so the rest of you essentially being blind in this in ways that almost might be frustrating for some of the more naturally minded of you, where Val is not even necessarily taking you in a straight line. She is weaving you around obstacles you didn't even know were there. She is taking you in places that make no sense to be you know, going in that direction. It's like, well, no, I think we're supposed to go that way, but you're telling us, your sense they're telling us to go a little left? Okay, but unerringly, you remain going in that direction. As you are walking, you still have the member of the Bones who you had rescued. And you still feel that faint aura of of not goodness. What are you going to say? Something? I was going to say discomfort. Yeah, discomfort is really the word for it. It doesn't feel great to be standing next to them, though it is not as intense as when you are when you were standing next to the fortunate coming out here, for example, or really any time that you are next to a member of the Bones. But even that little bit seems to keep a lot of wildlife away. As you're walking, you have an eerie feeling of, oh, you're still hearing birds, you're still hearing crashes, you're still hearing all of the both wonderful and sweet sounds and the lightly horrifying sounds that like, well, of course, we're in a forest, we're going to hear crashing and trees falling and, oh, that's, I don't know, giant footsteps, but that's a ways off, we don't need to worry about it. <laughs> Casual fantasy forest travel but there is almost a bubble where no birds are singing where there is no squirrels chittering squirreling Mm. chittering yeah i like like squirreling doing squirrel (laughs) stuff and it's not a magical silence or anything you still hear things but it's just one of it's just eerie Jonathan. Hi. Could you roll me, we'll say a D100, because you never get to roll D100s I would, often I would love in this to Dungeons roll. & Dragons game. That is a 30. So you know, not even in miles, but somehow just in the time spent traveling there, you know you're traveling an hour. And you know it's an hour, again, an hour in the wrong direction. But you travel an hour taking these 
wind this winding path that seemingly only Val can feel out. And you get to your location. Val, very suddenly, you know, you've been feeling like, okay, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer. And suddenly you, when you're in within probably like a couple hundred feet, it goes from kind of this general sense of, ah, I need to go this direction. And, you know, I just can only follow that tug Mm -hmm. to very suddenly your sense is honing in and knowing exactly where you need to go. But mm-hmm. it's the forest is very dense. You do not see anything. It is also getting a little darker already. It's a little later in the day. The canopy is thick. So who's to say? And that is where I leave to you guys as to how you'd like to approach. While we've been traveling, how much noise has the shackled the the newly tethered been making. So, as always, a weird amount of, or a weirdly not a lot amount. It is not as stealthy as the fortunate. The fortunate, and really all members of the bones, move with a very creepy silence <laughs> for them being just bones walking around in full plate armor. But this one is genuinely still moving with a pretty good amount of quiet, but is also clearly not able to make choices to make itself mm-hmm. stealthy. And Kaskrin turns to Checkers and says, I have a dumb idea. Ow, that sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't worry, Self. I'm technically the only one who knows where the bones is. <laughs> oh, They no. need me. <laughs> so we already know that Trying to sneak up on this thing is not probably not going to work. Yeah, it seemed to know where I was pretty much immediately. Working theory, could that be because we detect as alive? Mm. You know, it, it knows that, that we have two spleens and uh, an organ. And mm. <laughs> two spleens <laughs> and one organ. And one organ. Val is too tired. To correct the anatomy right now. Technically, yeah. none of you are trained in medicine, so yeah. he might be right. You don't we know. So we have at least different. one organ. <laughs> Checkers, what if you take this tethered with you to scout and see if the the aura that it provides is enough to mask you? Huh. Maybe it won't find you then. I don't think it's a matter of an aura of an undead of the bones I think the bones the second a living creature is within a certain distance Mm -hmm. will find you Selv will kind of put his hand up and kind of (laughs) gesture all around and be like "Mm, lots of living creatures maybe Junior can scout maybe it's only certain size that's ridiculous. You would send this little baby frog off to scout? 
well, how could I, you? You heartless soul. What a monster! Not be sending. You. How I need to I need to ask uh-huh. how large of a shit eating grin does Checkers have when he says that, like, or is yeah, he playing it hundred percent straight? No, like it is one hundred percent shit eating grin. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you heartless monster. How could you send a little baby frog out? Knowing knowing that he has this morning off screen uh-huh. had Junior do way more dangerous. Oh yeah. Things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, I'm just like cut to fucking checkers up on a very tall building in Agmar before you left and like you talking to Junior in your hands and being like don't worry Junior I made this parachute just all by myself it'll definitely work all right, hold on and then just chucking the frog I just, I, just, I, just, I also had this image of checkers up on a building somewhere but it's more like see Junior you see that eagle over there Go fetch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just, anyway, just anyway, loading anyway. Junior into his crossbow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, there, yeah, then there's the. <laughs> don't, don't worry, I can always resummon you. <laughs> J- junior puts the goggles. Yeah, down. Right, yeah. <laughs> we've had this conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Val just turns yeah. to look at checkers. I mean, hey, that sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah, let's do it. Let's try sending Junior first. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Two quick things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the plan of sending Junior ahead <laughs> just to see if, you know, the undead or just to see if the untethered notices an additional frog around it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until- so, a- a- actually, you guys have all misread it. They have frog sense. Oh, no. uh, ah. And that is why it got activated the first time is because right. there was frogs ah. in proximity. And as we're kind of talking, Checkers kind of remembers. Oh, yeah. Val, I found a whole bunch of these earlier, too. You should take a look. And he like pulls a whole bunch of like these scraps of something out of a out of a pouch somewhere, and just like hands them to you. Val takes them and and they look like looks at them, <laughs> and, they, and they look like various pieces of the shattered armbands that the bones were wearing, but just like split up into a million pieces. I think uh. I think there's like two in there somewhere. Only two. Can they be mended? Eh. Not right now. Would you like to? I picked a locate object, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you would also you would also know that like mend the cantrip or the spell would like this is hefty yeah. magic. That well, it would, I, I it could, would, it would put the pieces back together. Yeah, I maybe. Could re- like, this can is I do an arcana check? Absolutely. Guidance. I almost suggested you do it again, but I was like, <laughs> no, Nathan. They can choose their own roles. <laughs> You have to let them grow. Exactly. <laughs> Can I actually help in the Arcana check? Uh, sure. What are you doing to help? So I, I imagine like part of what stone cutting is for dwarves is like identifying patterns and like engravings and things in stone. Mm-hmm. And Casper's trying to take some of that and seeing like, are there any specific you know patterns or glyphs or carvings in these bands that make them work the way they do? Cool. You have aided. Never rolling that frosted die again. That's two ones in a row. Needed that aid. (laughs) Uh, So that would be a 22. Ooh. As you are looking at it, Checkers is mostly right. It is definitely... Because Checkers, when he found it, it was in two different locations. So clearly, uh, these are different bits. Mm -hmm. As you are looking at it, it is not two complete bands. It is parts of two that you could make into certainly one full band with some scraps, mm-hmm. or 
are two, like, two three-quarters, we will say, bands, if that makes two sense. Two and three-quarters or one and three-quarters? One and a half total. Oh, God, fractions. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. There one is, and a half There is yeah. one band. And then some extra. Yeah. It's like one, one it's like three-quarters of one band, three-quarters of another band right, right, is right. what you have. Okay. Making gotcha. one and a half yes. bands. I just want to know if there's <laughs> enough that a third one broke. It, Not, from what I can tell from here. From what you can tell and from what Checkers found, you would know, no, like you were only found the scraps for two. Okay. I don't suppose we can just put one together out of all of this, can we? I mean, I'm really good at puzzles. <laughs> so, well, you should, you should what do was your, What you was your total roll? this puzzle by this 22. stream. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> For <laughs> brand <laughs> synergy, I've taught you well. It's um, all coming together. It is. It is. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Steve and I have actually been been working on this exact moment <laughs> for four months. Um, so you would know with that Arcana roll mm-hmm. that even if you were like a the the pieces are not broken perfectly, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't be able to just kind of slot them together. And even if you were, or even able to like come up with enough material for one band, it is well beyond your capabilities, especially out here, yeah, to reforge it. Cass had said that he's kind of looking for patterns and stuff in the yeah. So Selva just ask, do any of the patterns look the same as the ones on the manacles? Hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you can tell as you're looking at them, they are different patterns, but are very clearly in the weird way that magical runic writings. It's and like stuff they're are. different hieroglyphics, but I can tell they're hieroglyphics. Yeah, and it's even I would say it's even closer than that, where it's like, oh yeah, so these one, are... one is like a printed block letters, and one is a scripted uh, um, calligraphy. Yeah, version. right, exactly, mm-hmm. or or something like that. Where it's like, ah, oh, okay, they they changed a couple of letters, and so it does something a little different, but is clearly of the same make, um, and kind of that same. It is clearly the same style too. Like it is, and and anyone who knows anything about the pentarchy, like classic pentarchy engineering and like metallurgy and stuff, is for this sure. Maker speak. Um. Ooh, good question. So, Makerspeak is one of the languages that descended from the gods, where there was a god language, and one of the ones that the mortals kind of like took as their own and created things was Makerspeak, um, or language of the makers originally. And this is actually, because you know both of these languages, is uh, a combination of a specific dialect of maker speak and bits of the actual language of magic. Ooh. Which is very rare mm-hmm. to see. The language of magic is at best partially understood, very, very rarely applied, and when it is applied is for extremely powerful magics. Mm-hmm. Only the most learned, the most powerful, the most well-connected of wizards and sorcerers and crafters had even even a letter of the kind of original language of magic. And that's what this is. 
Is is that on both the scraps and the manacles or yes. just the Okay. Both written with kind of similar and they're different enough that you do not you can't read them but you recognize the the lettering basically. Mhm. I can't fix these right now and Val is actually packaging she's like wrapping them in cloth very carefully. I can't fix these now. I will need a lot of resources and help, but there is a potential to fix them. And Val just keeps gently packaging them up because she knows if she continues to look at them, she will just like (laughs) devolve into like her mind palace and just try (laughs) to solve what these say. And she's like, no. I can't. Can't do that right now. (laughs) Not now. We need to continue. (laughs) So, checkers slash mostly junior. Yeah. (laughs) We have a plan. um, Yes. One one thing, Selv. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, So, Selv will kind of reach back into his his bag and take out the immovable rod. What if we attach this to the manacles and then get something to tie up the other? If they are untethered, would the, is it like magical heat where it would transfer through the, <laughs> the rod to whatever we tie up Man, could, the untethered with? <laughs> could you imagine how powerful the immovable rod suddenly would be of just being able to like immediately share magic between yeah, right? all things as a magical superconductor? I don't think that's how that works. Alas, nay. <laughs> What are we feeding a bean from the bag of beans? No, that one. That's a bad plan. Which one is riskier, the immovable rod or the bag of God, beans? Did am... we bring the bag of beans? Uh, the listening audience did not hear it, but Jonathan pant- just side-eyed over at Sophie and pantomimed holding up a bag. <laughs> just, did, did we I bring it? No. Only did I bring one it? who yes. didn't like. Do I? Did I just black out during when we went to the vaults? Was I, like, not here? We're just, like, secretly looting the vault while you're not paying attention. <laughs> it's all been encoded with your various handprints so, and so such. In, so, uh, in, in, in <laughs> self's defense, um, uh, I... I, I, I <laughs> doesn't have to explain this at all, but self does. Self definitely has so to. So, I, uh, I, unless... Uh, the reason I, I have it is, unless I misheard, when we were down in the vault, we're like, everybody was like, oh, self should hang on to this. I I just I fully just don't remember it. I, okay. It's not That's, on you. It's just it on was, me. Yeah. Where I was like, so if I recall correctly, what happened? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sure eagle-eared listeners can correct us. Um, but this is the new canon, and <laughs> fuck you. Um, <laughs> is is essentially that once you guys decided, oh, okay, we are going out um, uh-huh. and potentially taking this quest and all that kind of stuff. That there was a trip to the vault and we kind of just did it off air and we're like we'll we'll assign all the things and blah 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 either in the next episode or off air or or maybe never (laughs) (laughs) or or as checkers pulls out bags of beans whatever it is um but so you're not wrong okay (laughs) but i think that's how we handled it gotcha um yeah no checkers from what i remember of the bag of beans you don't want the bones to eat that um I don't think that's really the best defense in this situation plan B then that's fine (laughs) (laughs) 
E for beans. <laughs> There's always going to be, yeah, yeah. A, for, for the rest of the campaign, <laughs> always going to be a plan B, and B is beans. <laughs> you, you I'm know, just going to say B might not be our second choice, though. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. That there's there's plan one, there's plan 1A, 1B, 1C, to infinity, and then there's plan B, which is yes. plan beans. <laughs> so, checkers. You know, yeah. you know it's going to come up in like a couple it's years. It's Chekhov's we're, we're, be- we're, bag of beans. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're we're, fin- we're finishing this off, and it's going to be it's going to be like checkers, checkers, plan B, plan B, <laughs> and you're just going to be like, what? <laughs> oh, I ate all of those. Yeah. So the way I'm imagining this working is Junior is going to start hopping. And Junior is actually pretty slow, so it might yeah. take a little bit of time. <laughs> He's just oh, a little we frog. Get yeah, we'll get closer. But even, or you can throw him. Yeah. Cross Catapult him. him. <laughs> yeah. But as this is happening, too, Checkers is starting to pull out, like, little bits of rope that he's collected from earlier in the day. And he's actually going to start putting together some kind of trap for the untethered. So as we get closer, and maybe while we have a, maybe a little bit of time before Junior fully gets up there, he's going to spend some time setting up a trap in the forest. Okay. While you have some time. Could you roll me a survival check? Does that seem reasonable? As Val sees checkers, hopefully <laughs> doing something good. Doing something, for sure. <laughs> She'll cast guidance on him. <laughs> just palming. And, and really just hope. It's not going to backfire. May you find the answers you seek, I yeah. guess. The, the, what Checkers is doing, he's palming a bean in his hand. So <laughs> <was>, no. <laughs> but yeah, survival. 21. Ooh. You can add a d4 to that. Fuck. 24. What I was going to say is I'll probably treat that as, I think, the passive perception mm. for some, or the perception that someone would have to beat. So, like, as far as you guys can tell, Checkers is doing something, and then he just steps away, and nothing's there. And it's the forest. <laughs> and it's yeah. the forest. Val just makes a mental note of where that is. Smart, And yep. is not going there. Uh, yep, 100%. Good call. Uh, okay, so are you doing anything in particular with Junior, knowing that he is your familiar? So every so often, the two of them are communicating telepathically. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're still within 100 feet of Junior, checkers can just check in on Junior and see how he's doing. And he can also see through Junior's eyes. So this whole, like, Junior's getting a little bit closer and checkers is checking in and seeing through his eyes and seeing at what point can he see something resembling the untethered. Okay. And what does it look like? Because if I recall correctly, it's an action mm-hmm. to enter into the mind of yeah. Junior. Uh-huh. <laughs> what does it look like when Checkers is kind of in that space, I guess? So I'm imagining that it doesn't really look that different than what Checkers <laughs> looks like mm-hmm. normally. I was originally thinking like, oh, Checkers' eyes go like fully black, but they're already black anyway. Yep. So not- <laughs> I know, I was thinking, they're going to get a creepy yeah. cloudy white. Uh, yeah, no. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, so I don't even think... Sorry, I was imagining if Checkers had that like weird like third lens oh, that yeah. like alligators Ooh, have or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh-huh. And maybe like your sunglasses oh, so like, going. Yeah. 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 That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so I could also have totally made up that animal fact. I don't mm-hmm. remember, but it oh, seems yeah. cool. I'm going to imagine then like Checkers has like these cloudy like third lens yeah, yeah. on his eyes and they just like shut while he's looking through Junior's eyes. I love, I, I love that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you've never seen this before because he doesn't do it that often. But like as he's sort of riding on top of Mango, he's staring straight ahead. And his eyes are like this translucent, cloudy color. And you know that he is 
looking and watching through the eyes of his small frog friend. Or he's on the fruit again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Junior and you guys are all, you guys can't see Junior, I don't mm-hmm. think. Like he is yeah. way too small and this forest is way too intense. So the only person who knows where Junior is, is Checkers. Junior hops along, as he is wont to do. And you start to notice some caves. Mm. Val isn't there, and so can't really also tell you exactly, you know, can mm-hmm. give you what best, get, like, direction she can. Yeah. So Junior slash Checkers has to just jump and watch and try to look and see what, if anything, sticks out. Yeah. After a few minutes of hopping, you slash Junior look into a cave that you just happen to be passing by. Mm -hmm. And there are all of these overgrown roots arching over the entrance. But... Junior slash checkers uh-huh. looks past them and sees a seemingly still form of a member of the bones. Hmm. It is still fully armored and it seems to be laying there totally limp. And you see that its left hand is grasping its right arm kind of in the bicep area where you know the magical band is located. As you are kind of taking this whole scene in, I'd imagine your eyes linger on that very important detail. Yeah. And you can see between its gauntleted fingers the band on this individual but again you it is not moving it is nothing the other thing that you see is it appears to be laying on some sort of what appears to be rope which again wouldn't stand out to you yeah. except you're just looking so closely at this, trying to find all the details you can, and uh-huh. there's so much roots, and there's dirt, and there's everything, and it's just like, w- wait, hold on, what's... That's interesting. You've never seen... You've never seen anything like that uh-huh. on any Bones member, nothing. But it appears to not be doing anything. It is just laying there, totally inert. So, at this point, Checkers would recall Junior. And the ways he would do this is... He would go over to Cass and just go, Hey, Cass, you want to see a trick? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Checkers is going to put his hand behind Cass's ear. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to do the uh, like recall a familiar kind of thing where he like de-summons Checkers, or de- like de-summons Junior and like re-summons him in his hand. <laughs> and just like, Cass, you got, a, you, got, you got a frog in your ear. What's going on? <laughs> Where like did a, that come from? Seems like a good use of a spell slot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it takes Cass in a second to realize what you just did, and it's just like, was that there the whole time? Did yeah. that leave Junior on my head? No. Nope. <laughs> so you're not going to believe this, but I think there is a bones up ahead in one of the caves, and I saw its armband on it, but it's sitting on a pile of rope. And I don't know what that means. 
but I think we're close. <laughs> so that that could mean that maybe the band was ripped and it's holding it on in order to maintain control. Maybe the rope it was trying to retie the band to its arm. Or hold itself in the cave. If the untethered or had it tied itself to the cave in case it lost control. Didn't seem like it was tied. It's just on a pile of rope? Yeah. Whatever it means, it means there's a chance. It hasn't found us. It doesn't seem to be untethered. There still seems to be a chance we could save it. I'm going to get ready to set the trap, but I think you're right. Okay. So, the four of you, and if you were to leave the uh, the member of the bones that you already have manacled, it literally would just stand there. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about it wandering off. It is just... Totally, totally placid. So you guys go up, and you guys know, especially Val, knows, okay, if we go any closer, there's no way. Like, it, yeah, it, it is it certainly, the, if it is untethered, it will know that we are here. So do you guys step forward? I think we should spread out, uh -huh. and I think... I'll stay in back with this fine fellow. Okay. <laughs> I'll Val volunteer <laughs> bravely to stay back here. Val Thank you. The and so, in Sel the back. Sel will say, you know, we should spread out and I can go first since I move faster. Just in case. Just be careful. I'm going to put this trap right here. So you're going to want to hop over it. Okay. I am going to note exactly where that yep. trap is. Sel, <laughs> so before you, you walk off, Kaskrin will actually reach into his pocket and hand you the lucky coin. When you take the coin, almost instantly, you can tell where Kaskrin is. It's like when you close your eyes and, and move your arms and legs around, you know where they are. It's now the same with Kaskrin while you have that coin. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Kaskrin casts Warding Bond on you. So you have plus one armor and you take half damage from everything. Oh. Cool. It's like for how long? One hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this, Elf. So, you spread out, except for... Well, Val also spreads out, but in a, on a different axis. Backwards. Also notes exactly where that trap is, and it's like behind and a little bit at an angle. I, I, she does her <laughs> battle trigonometry. Yes. <laughs> Don't go over there. Yeah. Stay here. Battle trigonometry. <laughs> <laughs> and She's all, on a tangent. You, <laughs> you all get into the positions that you want... And you all just kind of, I'm imagining you, the three of you especially, just kind of look at each other and then Selv takes those tentative few steps that you guesstimate is about the thing, the distance, and nothing happens. Eventually, in whatever order you guys decide, the three of you find yourselves looking down through this cave. And you see exactly what Checkers told you. There appears to be a member of the Bones laying totally limp and inert on some strange pile of rope holding its band. In a strange, echoey voice that sounds distant from within the armor, you hear... Thank the gods. 
And that's where we'll end the episode, everybody. Oh, <laughs> All right. Boom. Uh, See you next week. Uh,